Popping everybody, hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. That's me, Ben, the one true glasses wearer of popcorn culture. I'm so fine with that. Oh, are you so, so fine with I, that? Oh yeah, of course. 100%. And you're fine with just totally being a phony over there? Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. I mean, they're, they're, here. they're blue blocker glasses, yeah. Jay, which means that they're not doing nothing even if they're not prescription grade. Right. Prescription grade. <laughs> prescription strength. <laughs> they're not prescription... prescription. End of sentence. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah. Just prescription they're, glasses. They're just not prescription glasses. <laughs> they're just not prescription glasses. No, they're, they're just regular glasses. I they're, think yeah, I think there's like a whole bit in uh in like an episode of Seinfeld where Elaine is dating a man who shaves his head intentionally to be bald, and George is all offended on behalf of bald people. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. I can yeah. see it. It's like, I guess if you have baldness anyway, right? It's like I don't know. Actually, now I'm trying to decide if I think that that's a worthy argument. Well, in in George's opinion of himself, which is very low. This is a big problem for him in the dating world is that he's bald. And, oh, I see. Right. So the fact that somebody would optionally choose to do it almost like takes right. like something out of like his his arsenal of if not for this. Right. Then I'd be right. Although it turns out that said said boyfriend of Elaine's has gone naturally bald in the process of shaving his head. Oh, so she asks him to grow his hair back out and he can't. He can't. And even though he looks the exact same, his confidence goes to like zero. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, that's so sad. The, the you know classic Seinfeld classic situation. Seinfeld. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. actually changed, dude. Right, right. This <laughs> so fitting for the show that's about nothing. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how perfect, Jay. How about a how about a corny joke just to kick us off? If you think you can get through one before minute fifty eight, I know, I know. And, we'll see. Fact, last week's episode, I was I was quite proud of the fact that we we led right out of the gate. It was like, hey, corny joke. We talked yeah. about it. We've got it right here. We got it. And then it, I think it was literally like the closing comments of it, last week's episode. Yeah, Spoilers. we got back to it eventually. We got back to it. We got back to it. All right. Well, fire away, Ben. Let's do the show proper and start with a corny joke. Jay, what time do ducks wake up? Oh, it's about ducks. I know. I know. How perfect, right? Um, uh, so I feel like I feel like quack is somewhere in the answer. What time do at uh, maybe pad waddle? I don't know what time. <laughs> pad waddle. I was like paddling. I got halfway through paddle and switched you, to waddle. Oh, I got you. I got yeah. you. Pad waddle. <laughs> you know the time of pad waddle. Yes, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Okay, it's at the quack of dawn. The quack of dawn. See, I knew quack was in there. You were, you were so close. I was, you were so close. Yeah, I right was quacking the, around it. Right. Yeah, you were quacking around then it. You were, I, you were pod waddling around it. <laughs> I was pod waddling around it. Can I say that on the topic of ducks? Yeah. That. This past week, we have started to see a few uh, a few GMA stickers starting to appear in the wild. They have finally arrived in people's mailboxes, and they have started just sticking them on the world. Yes, they have like infiltrated the exterior. That's right. Yes, it yes, is. indeed. We've gone. It's so, out there. A little bit, a little bit of background for you uh, is that we have we have Green Mallard Association, aka the GMA yes. stickers. Right. This is a throwback to, it's a gag that we did in high school where we, we basically printed off these exact things and we, we stuck ducks on the walls and such and, and just really generally all over our high school and people just didn't know where they came they had from. D- I mean, they, they just, they noticed them for sure. Yeah. Because we put them everywhere. I would slip them in people's lockers. I would put them on people's backpacks. Right, right. People, and they would discover them and they'd be like, what does this mean? What is, where, where does, is, where, I don't know. 
What is the Green Mallard Association? Exactly. That's exactly the point. Exactly. No it's one not, ever knew. It's not even searchable. You wouldn't even find like a Wikipedia article about it. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> trying to encourage the little colonels to do a thing. How truly spectacular would it be if the GMA had a Wikipedia page before we did? Oh, that would be pretty spectacular. Because then by virtue of having the Wikipedia page for the Green Mallard Association, certainly would have to list the members of which we would be you know, notable. We, we would be. <laughs> be notable members. <laughs> notable members of the GMA. <laughs> which would then, like, our, our credentials inside of that could be notable Cape Spring High School alumni. Exactly. Oh, it's all coming together. It's all, it's all coming together. Coming okay, so together. people were able to purchase their own Green Mallard Association stickers. Yeah. They're, they're small, mm-hmm. but they're meant to be, like, sort of just placed places yeah uh, where where have you seen them so far well one of my one of my i saw some that were just on like a, a trailhead like a, it was like a nature walking trail but maybe my favorite one thus far has got to be that someone put a gma sticker on a kfc kentucky uh, fried chicken kentucky fried chicken aka big chicken aka aka uh other users of the hashtag Popcorn culture. You're right. You know how we feel. Beef with big chicken. Someone <laughs> has infiltrated KFC and put they just they stuck a they stuck a GMA sticker right on their sign. Okay, so or people, the pole of their sign, I should the say. Pole of their the sign. pole of their sign. What what a one we'll we'll be sure to uh have a picture you, or a link to it. You can in, be sure that KFC is feeling the sting all the way at the top. <laughs> they're like, guys, they're coming. They're like, wait a they're, minute. They're taking over. No. Yes. Yes. No, what I, I think this is funny because people who may be entering the pop for the first time just just drank from the proverbial fire hose of popcorn culture inside jokes. Well, yes. So, okay, I want to ask about that because this is something where if you are introduced to something that's already going full speed, sort of like so that there are those types of jokes and you're you're playing like a little bit of catch up, yeah, so to speak. Yeah. Do you feel is that something that encourages you because you're like, oh, there's jokes to be had inside of this place? Okay. Or is it the type of thing where you're like, oh, man, I can't keep up because there's so many things going on? I think often with situations like this, it is clear to me when like a reference is being made that like I know I'm not aware of that joke, but the point often is not that like i'm i don't feel excluded yeah normally it's like okay if i keep up with the show i will eventually come to understand what that joke what is. what the joke is like sure. it'll it'll come back if it's in if it's part of like the vernacular of the show it's going to keep coming up and i'll get it eventually and maybe at some point i'll go back and catch up sure but sure, sure. Okay. i don't i don't i hope it doesn't feel like exclusive or like you're like wait i don't i don't get it i don't understand what the gma is or stickers or why ducks or why they're putting them places. That's right. So the real reason I ask is because it, it was it was my magnificent effort at a segue into discussing WandaVision. 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 Man, okay. I feel like all I do is discuss WandaVision. It does feel like that is the case. And I, I would want to offer just a potential disclaimer that if if you have not been watching WandaVision, that there could be a couple of spoilers. Up through episode seven as we record this. As we record this, yes. Yeah. So, and, and it's not really that I want to go like super nitty gritty deep into WandaVision so much as talk about WandaVision as the phenomenon that it is. I, I agree. I don't think um, we necessarily, well, I don't know what you want to talk about, but I think we don't have to discuss what the episodes are about so much as like the effect the show is having. The effect the show is having. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting because I would say coming into WandaVision, 
the MCU sort of like, it, and it's so funny where it landed, but the MCU sort of came to its close with Avengers Endgame in 2019, which was then promptly followed by a year of effectively well, no- far from home. Well, far from home. Yeah. You're right. Yes. Yes. But I mean, as far as big, big, big picture stuff is concerned. Yeah. That, that's where like, you know, Endgame sort of was, I, I feel like, neatly capped off there. <laughs> no pun intended. Cap. <laughs> you get it? <laughs> I get it. Uh, we'll come back to that later. But with that, uh, I think we had, we fell into sort of like this quarantined year where a lot of like progress and new movies and everything sort of came to like a screeching halt. And it was, I was very curious how the MCU might be marching forward as like this great, big, gigantic, hyper successful entity Yeah, that like so many people bought into like very aggressively. Like, I mean, obviously the most end is the most popular movie of all time at the box office. Right. And, and it's like, it seems like the idea of being into like comic books and this type of thing is, is like no longer this big bang theory, classic tropey nerdy activity that you might do. It's like just complete commonplace. Just anyone. Yeah. It's, it's very mainstream, very mainstream. Yeah. So building up to that though, I feel like you have, you have 23 movies from the MCU that come out. Mm -hmm. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of, origin stories for all of these characters you're sort of starting to get to know them you know maybe for the first time if you, if you haven't been a comic book fan prior so you know you're 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 taking in everything sort of movie by movie and and with that you start to get a little bit of that that burnout mentality of like okay it's another origin story like how did this hero come to get their powers and who's their first villain and like what does that mean and right have like a sequel edition where they know their powers a little bit more and you know like where where do they go with that yeah it does i mean early days mcu very repetitive in terms of uh lots of origin stories lots of mirror matchups between the heroes and the bad guy like this guy has my exact set of powers who will win right right yeah. yes exactly like iron man kicking it off you know in the end the final battle is uh, you know iron man tony stark versus iron monger iron monger yeah you know joe but Obadiah Stane. Obadiah Stane. i got there yeah. i got there <laughs> the tony stark built this in a cave that was pretty good thanks, thanks. yeah i, I like, practice it a lot <laughs> you do you do say that a lot <laughs> it's like one of yeah. my favorite lines from all of marvel it's it's i think that when these movies first started coming out and as you started to realize that there's like the greater narrative the avengers narrative the infinity saga yeah you know and like all when you're starting to realize like oh all of the movies are are part of like a bigger story and like in Guardians, that was, you know, the Power Stone. In, you know, in yeah. Thor Dark World, that's the Reality Stone. And right. you're starting to see that, like, despite each movie being able to completely stand on its own, you also, and all of us collectively, are starting to lean in and be like, okay, but what are the bigger implications? What are the bigger implications? And it felt like that idea was merging just seamlessly and perfectly with, like, the big narrative kind of coming together so right at the same time that it seemed like people started to ask those questions like what does it mean for the big story we were also nearing the conclusion of the whole big story right you know so it's it's a 10-year span of time and probably not realistically until the last three and a half four years 
did I feel like that really started to be like the conversation. Well, it felt to me like a lot of that came between Infinity War and Endgame. It did. I mean, I would say that it spiked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It it ramped up exponentially after that. For sure. Like once, once Infinity War happened and, you know, Thanos does the snap, then all of a sudden... I feel like, uh, you know, there was a year between that moment and Endgame where you get to see how it was all going to resolve itself. And all of a sudden you had 21 other movies to like draw possible answers from. Exactly. Let's go through. Let's find every little detail. Things that seem so innocuous before yeah. now feel like they could be like a super big hint as like the big story. Like right. how long have they been setting it up? And, yeah. You know, all, all these like little details that everybody would like to to comb through. But with that being said, I think you have a couple of things that happen. So Endgame happens and it's very, very satisfying because like we've been waiting for so long, but at the same rate, maybe didn't know that we were waiting the whole time. Sure. You didn't know necessarily like what Endgame was going to be. You'd seen some Avengers movies, but like. Right. Yeah. Like we now have the precedent for what it means to have an Endgame level MCU event. Which means that as we kick off, you know, phase four, and it sort of seems like phases one through three, which would have been what we've seen basically through the Infinity, you know, saga. Yeah. Is now we're all leaned in. Now it's almost like no matter what any movie that comes out, we're going to try to extrapolate it to the big picture. Right. And it it does pose a very interesting problem if you're Marvel, because you're like, how do you recapture that lightning in a bottle? Like, how do you make everything interesting enough that we could wait another 10 years to have that next end game level event right it, it, you do it is an interesting situation where yeah like when iron man came out or when thor came out or whatever you weren't like now oh, how is that what does that mean for them defeating thanos you right know? right like you're not, like you're not wondering you know that that wasn't even a consideration whereas as the next few movies come out it feels like right away you're going to be wondering how does this affect the end right at all and like what can because you there's the sense too that like when the first round of like phase one movies were coming out maybe they didn't even know where it was going but people are going to assume now that it was the most successful thing ever that everything is intentional and is pointing at a thing right yeah yes and and i think that what you have as well is like the the fast and the furious paradox the the laws of the escalation of threats do you follow so like i know what you mean like the first fast and the furious movie they're like stealing dvd players and then like probably the 12th one whenever that comes out they'll be like on the moon or something yes fighting like, like yeah. intergalactic i mean they might like they, the fast and the furious franchise might just literally be part of the mcu who and, knows and at eventually this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dominic toretto is just one of the avengers <laughs> god please no can, can he wield mjolnir absolutely not <laughs> definitely not definitely not but no i mean you you saw the exact thing happen with the fast and the furious movies where each time it came out you were seeing like okay like now it you know it starts with dvd players and then it was kind of like oh now it's like 10 million dollars and then after that it was like oh this like city's in danger and then after that it's like oh like i don't know you know like everything just got like it ramped up and ramped up and ramped up until the point where it just got like completely ridiculous. Yeah. And I think that that's like what you have, you know, with these with these Marvel movies, with superheroes is like, how well can you tell a story that is still compelling without also feeling like things are getting slightly ridiculous? And, you know, are, are we like going to be bored of origin stories or can you continue to just tell them in new and different ways and, you know, get us get us wrapped up every time? Like, 
like Black Panther is one of my favorite Marvel movies, and it's one of the more recent ones to come out. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, it's just the Black Panther origin story movie. It, I mean, in a lot of ways, it is. The thing about Black Panther is that even though that one's sort of his origin story movie, he starts out like as Black Panther already, you know, and, and, and yes. he's been in a couple of movies already. That's true. And I, I know that was such a good one as well, because it was, I think, already suffering from like the how do we introduce this brand new character and introduce a threat that feels world ending, even though all these other things have already happened. Like, why weren't they around? Right. And it was like, they had a very elegant answer that this hyper advanced city is purposely secretive from the rest of the world. Right. Like they don't want to share their secrets. They don't want to share their secrets, but their secrets are, we have world ending technology. Basically. Right, 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 right. Yep. And like the, the villain is like, guess what? I'm going to share that and I'm going to take over the world. It's going to be that easy. Right. Just, yeah. So they, I thought they did that. They found a pretty good way to do that. But on the flip side of that, you've got what I would argue is Ant-Man and the Wasp, where the stakes are like, they're, they're almost too small. <laughs> like, <laughs> I see what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, there you go. Uh, yeah, right. They're small enough to be ant-sized. Exactly. Right. And, and I feel like as a result, that movie introduces, you know, the quantum realm in a more significant way and how it affects Endgame. And that's, that's really the primary function that I think Ant-Man and the Wasp had towards the whole MCU well, because... Yeah, and I think that's sort of the way you can go about it. Like, not everything... Like, you, there is that problem of, like, power escalation and, like, threat escalation. The Fast and the Furious Paradox, please. Yeah. Use okay, the correct but, terminology. Okay, if you want to call it that. <laughs> that's, why, that's exactly what I want to call okay, it. Okay, the fact I think you... it is the perfect descriptor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Fast and the Furious just suffers from also, like, power escalation or sure. whatever. But uh, whatever, the Fast and Furious paradox, if you want to call it that. That's exactly what I want to call it. Yeah, thank you. I think you can have other like small staked stories that don't have to be world ending like like Ant-Man and the Wasp, where it doesn't have to be the end of it isn't like, oh, my gosh. But, but see, the thing about Ant-Man and the Wasp is that movie is very small scale. I mean, literally. And just like the 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 threat, to the villain is like, what is it? I forget what they're even doing. They're like trying to steal a cure for like a disease or something because they're afraid Hank Pym won't work with them. And it's like, maybe if you just asked, he would have helped you cure your daughter or what? I don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in, yeah, effectively. Yeah. So it's, it's very small stakes. Like we just need to heal this one person because they're sick. But, but the flip side of it is that even though the threat in that movie isn't world ending, the technology it introduces is incredibly important to the greater Marvel story at large. So you can have like small stakes villain, big stakes like, mm, okay, maybe you didn't use it in the most effective way, but now it exists. So we can also just use that idea and crank it to 10 over in this movie. Sure. 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 Yeah. Okay. So all that, all that being said, because I, I want to bring it back to WandaVision because yeah. it feels like, it feels like such a, like a phenomenon that we're living through. And in quite honestly, like with, with the shows that Disney plus are, putting out like when the Mandalorian came out I'm like that's going to be the flagship show you right. know like that that's the one like if you're HBO you have Game of Thrones you know like yeah. and it, I think that I was like Disney Plus is going to have the Mandalorian and that's going to be the show that brings people in and then WandaVision happens and you're like wow this is so much fun and it's so weird and it's like and everyone loves it everyone loves it it's amazing but okay so here's my question so because I was originally asking you about like inside jokes and sort of like okay if you're introduced to like a, a show or or you know whatever the case may be a community of people yeah uh and 
it's the case you know that there's a lot of these things and you don't necessarily know all of the references. Does that like encumber your ability to enjoy it? Or is it the type of thing where you're like, okay, I want to learn everything. I want to be a part of it. I want to be on the know because I feel like with WandaVision, there is a very delicate tightrope that's being walked right now. Yeah. Where, and it's hard to know exactly like where Marvel, the studio, Marvel, the writers are like where their position is because you have channels like ours, the super Carlin brothers channel that, you know, watches each episode and we're looking for every minute detail and we're going back to, you know, the history books and looking through and like being like, okay, could this be a reference to that or this or this character or, you know, were they alluding to that or was it just coincidence or, you know, is it a red herring? Like, you know, what, where, where are they sending us with all these stories? Right. And I think that this season or this show in particular has, has really brought to the surface this question of like, is it fun to do the homework? Is it fun to be like diving into each episode? Are are most people who are consuming it like going through and watching some kind of like a recap episode to like better understand what they just saw? I Yeah, that is a very good question. And it's very difficult for like me personally to know how to answer because of like what we do. Right. And like my, the little echo chamber that we live in on the internet is filled with people who, of course, are very leaned into their fandoms. Like, you know, the tagline on our channel is celebrate your fandom. Right. So like everyone who watches us, they like us or like what they like, I think, about our content is that we deep dive the information and we're trying to figure everything out. So like we are surrounded by people who are i think like like that kind of stuff yes but i can't imagine that's the full viewing audience of wandavision and it would be curious to me like i i, I don't know if this is what you're trying to ask but like could someone who has watched zero mcu movies turn like who's like could this be your first introduction to the mcu and if so would you enjoy it in a satisfying way? Like, would you be able to keep up at all? Or is it like so deep into the MCU at this point that if you're brand new walking, like you, you keep hearing your friends talk about the show WandaVision. You're like, well, I don't even have Disney plus. Let me get it and check it out. Like if you just turned it on and had no idea, would it like, would you get it? Would you be like, would it still be fun? Would it still be fun? That's, I mean, I think the question is so absurdly multi-layered, especially with WandaVision in particular, because on top of all of the deeper Marvel lore that is existing in every single episode, mm-hmm. you also have the real world history that of of the actual sitcoms that every single episode is a parody of. Right. And so, like, it could be the case that if you grew up watching, you know, like the 1950s, 60s, I Love Lucy, you know. Um, yeah. Bewitched. Bewitched. Dick Van Dyke. Yes, exactly. Like you might watch those episodes and be like, what a fun thing, right. you know, like to see like a modern day take on it. Like I used to love that show growing up. Right. Whereas me, I might have been like, I've never seen that show. And yet I still love this episode. It yeah. is still super entertaining because I I get some of like I get the idea behind some of the like almost purposefully bad visual effects of like, you know, the plate almost looking like it's being suspended in the air with like a string a string right you know exactly yeah and and sort of like how how does that play you know so what i'm trying to say though is that there's do you understand the reference to the real world television show that they're doing and then inside of the content of the show itself do you understand the bigger picture marvel questions 
that might be introduced? Do you know who that villain is that was just alluded to? Like, and then like when the big reveals come, are those reveals layered enough that you could, even without knowing the lore, it might still be surprising. Yeah. Um, and there's a specific question I want to ask. Okay. Uh, like I said, so possible spoilers. So if you haven't seen up through episode seven, then sign off or mute it or jump ahead five minutes or something. But okay. So in the, the latest episode of WandaVision, it is revealed that Agnes, the next door neighbor, is Agatha Harkness. Right. And so in our office, this was something that like we've been pretty well sure of for right this was not like a big surprise this was not a big surprise but like the way that it was almost delivered on screen was a little bit of like this like mic drop moment like boom and in my mind i have a i have so many different reactions to it because if not for what we do for a living i would not be the type of person who would deep dive into this type of stuff and when i heard agatha harkness i would have been like I have literally no idea. That means idea. nothing to me. It means nothing right. to me. She's not like a a big name villain within the Marvel universe to the point where even, you know, it's not like Lex Luthor just showed up. We're like, even if you've never read a Superman comic, you know who Lex Luthor is. Sure. You know, it's not, yeah, it's not like that level. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, like Agatha Harkness, I'm betting most people learned about her last week. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm sure the the Marvel wiki for Agatha Harkness blew up in the past right. seven days. Yeah. With that, the other twist that happens in, inside of that moment is some people may not have been aware at all that Agnes the neighbor is is maybe potentially the villain or more than just that like quirky neighbor that all sitcoms feature. Right. Because going back, you know, through every sitcom ever. You always have that sort of like potential comic relief character who's not a part of like the main family, but who's like always over at the house and yeah. always randomly shows up. And like, you know, I, I think as a tool for a sitcom, they're extremely effective because they can always like introduce external things to right. the, the main story. Yeah. So they're a useful tool for that. So again, you know, you could go back to that episode and you can be like, okay, have you ever watched the TV show Modern Family before? And then if you have, how much is your appreciation of the show Modern Family and their parody of Modern Family affecting how you're taking it in? Are you aware of who Agatha Harkness was and how did you respond to that? Or were you aware or even remotely privy to the idea that the neighbor could have been the villain? Like, you know, there's so many different layers and depending on what kind of, and maybe this is what they're doing is like, there's a little bit of something for everybody. Right. You know, it's like, depending on what your, your knowledge of some specific portion of pop culture might be, it might be like this part of the show was for you or this part of the show was for you. And the big reveal can or cannot mean anything. And and it, it's almost indifferent. Yeah. It, I mean, there's a lot going on to be sure in WandaVision, especially yeah, with this big reveal. Is it supposed to be like, shocking because to me like the when when they reveal who at what agnes's real uh you know true identity is it it like they sing like this little song that's inspired by an old um tv show called the monsters right then they kind of go through like all the little things she's been doing to manipulate the show and but if you listen like to the words to me it was like you never i think some of the words were like you never saw it coming and it almost came across to me like 
they were almost like making fun of like not making fun of but like like almost in on the joke like saying you never saw it coming as if to say this is no surprise to any of you right 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 yeah is it is it like being kind of like haha self-aware humor there or is that supposed to like and again that's what i'm saying like is there a chance that you that you weren't even supposed to figure out that Agnes is likely more than she appears? Right. I don't I think it it is brings up a cool question of how does Marvel want you to watch their shows? Because I think you're right. Like there's no doubt their intent is for them to say Agatha Harkness and then for you to like pull out your phone and say, Who's Agatha Harkness? And like go deep diving down in there. Because it really isn't a surprise, like if you've done much deep diving at all, like there have been hints everywhere, specifically that it's this character. Yeah. Like down to, I think her license plate in one episode was like the hex code for the color dress she always has on in the comics or something. Oh, wow. You wow. know, which like, oh, get it? Hex. Hex code. Hex, hex code. Color purple. Like she's been in purple. She's dressed like a witch. She, you know, whatever. She's been wearing that witch brooch the whole time. Right. 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 Yeah. And, and um, the, it's like, it's like anything. Details are so interesting, and I think one thing that I personally love is when there was a twist, and then you go back and watch it again, and you realize how much groundwork was laid the entire time for that reveal, and I I think those types of details end up being remarkably interesting to me after the fact, where it's like, oh, I had no idea. Oh my gosh, look at that. And it was right there. Oh, it's like staring you in the face. You know, like those are the the best stories. Yeah. Is where every single detail necessary for that reveal has existed the whole time. Right. And it's like, it's a question of whether or not you noticed it. And then almost even getting the added enjoyment of then every time you watch it again, you get that additional, like, oh, I didn't even notice that. Well, it's the last time. What's interesting about this one, though, is that, like, I'm not sure, you know, if you had never, if you're just watching the show cold. And yeah. you've never experienced like the comics or anything, and you're not looking it up online. There's no like it's not impossible to know that Agnes was the villain. Like she's been suspicious or whatever throughout the whole show. But to know that she is a character called Agatha Harkness, that's impossible. Like you could never have landed on that. That's not already in the show somewhere. Sure. You know what I mean? She's a bad character who is a witch. You could probably have gotten that far on your own. But if you're but to that end, it's like it's like, I think Marvel does want you to be able to go back and like, I think that they want you researching it and they're almost counting on you to do it as part of your enjoyment for the show. And because like, especially WandaVision, like it does require, it's not like, it's not, it shouldn't be the first TV show you ever watch, you know, like it requires you to understand a little bit of the history of sitcoms. Oh yeah. You know, a little like, or else it's just going to be completely over your head. You're going to be like, why would they be, why does it start out black and white? And what, you know, sure. Popcorn culture is supported by arena club. Okay. So you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two 
full display cases with some of our all-time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting, you know? To me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Well, and it's not really the first time, too, if you look at the Avengers movies in general, that there's that there was a little bit of like homework that needed to be done in order to get the full appreciation for what you're watching. 
like, you know, if if you saw Endgame and it was the first ever movie you saw, then, you know, Cap being able to pull the hammer through the air probably doesn't hit nearly as hard as it needs to based on what you would know about that hammer's history and what it means and and everything that goes with it. Right. You know, you might just be like, oh, yeah, okay, so he can he can use the hammer. Even that, though, it's like, I feel like when the people are writing it, they are trying to take into consideration, this might be the first time you're watching it. Because, like, even earlier in Endgame, Thor summons the hammer and says, I'm still worthy. Like, sure. he's like, you don't get the full background. And if that's your first one, you probably didn't gather that you have to be worthy to pick the hammer. But something is there. There is something like, there. They you're set right. it up. They're like, okay, just in case you forgot, maybe you haven't seen an Avengers movie since Age of Ultron came out five years ago. Let us remind you how Thor's hammer works. Right. Like, there, we need to include a, one line that says you need to be worthy to hold this. Right. Because there's a payoff coming. There's a payoff. And point, yeah. certainly 90% of the population, you're not getting to end game without having seen any other Avengers movie, but some people might maybe didn't see it because, you know, Mjolnir wasn't in um, infinity war. Right. At all. You know, they just go and build the other hammer. But um, axe. so what axe? Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. Not, okay. Stormbreaker? Yeah. It's an axe. I guess so. It has both sides. Right? Has you both could sides. hit people with the flat side. Sure. It's like a oh. hammer okay. if you wanted. Okay. okay. Um, but it, it seems possible to me that there's plenty of people who only saw the Avengers movies rather than like every single thing in every between. Yeah. So maybe the last time you saw Mjolnir was in Age of Ultron six years ago or whatever. Right. And you needed a quick reminder. And that's where I wonder like if you just jumped into this show, like you don't necessarily need to know what all of Wanda's powers are. You just see her do stuff. You're like, okay, I get it. She can, she can, she has powers. Right, and you see right, Vision right. run around. It's like, if you don't know that he's like built from the Mind Stone, and that's like one of the most important, you know, cosmic things in the universe. Like, that doesn't really affect whether or not you want. It's like, okay, he has powers too. He can right. like reach through things, and he can run fast, and he can fly, and whatever. You know? Right, right. He has right. got a robot body. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, like, moving moving beyond that, though, like, I think the other thing about WandaVision that feels self-aware, it feels like it's shining a light a little bit on us, the, uh, us being, like, the grand us of people of the internet who dissect movies, shows, mm-hmm. stuff like this, details, um, is they literally have, in one of the episodes, in the episode three or four, the, like, whiteboard with all of the exact same questions Right, that, that everyone's we, everyone watching has. Exactly. Yeah. And so it becomes this like remarkably like self-aware show in that way, especially as it pertains to like there's there's so much mystery surrounding it. Like I feel like if you really have any hope of understanding what like what's going on, you're doing some looking. Right. You know, you're you're digging into some details, you're asking questions, you're saying like, well, what does that mean? And what was the significance? And why did that happen? And who is this character? Um, and that's like, it's interesting to me that they have those questions on there and that through writing and shooting the show, they were smart enough to realize what questions us at home were going to be asking that that is the real thing as well, because it's not as if they're like shooting the show week to week. And like getting feedback and understanding how it's going to go down. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Every episode is done a year before, you know, it it was released on Disney plus. Right. And they're getting these things and they like, they're predicting, they're like, they're controlling how you think about it so much 
to the point where they're like literally putting like, here's what you're probably thinking on screen. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Right. And and but I, that acknowledgement is almost gratifying a little bit too, where it's like us on the show, we also don't know the answers to these questions. Well, the characters of the show don't, but obviously the people making the show. No, but then it, you know, well, if yeah, you're us, you're like, okay, if they want us to think this way, so pff, as if we're not thinking that way. We're not. If, yeah. Yeah. If they, if they put that question on the board, it's because the answer isn't, you know, what does that You know, where, where are they trying to get, they want you to look over there at that magic trick, but right. actually this hand is over here and you're like, yeah, what does the hex mean? What does the hex mean? Meanwhile, the answer is like floating like right here off screen and you're like, oh, well, I, was, I was kept trying to figure out the hex. I don't know. Even, even had that like close up magic. Yeah, like Jimmy Woo. Exactly. Does. It's Exa- the, it's this like is the sleight of hand. This is see. This is the problem. See, like, as people are watching this, the next episode will have come out probably like hours beforehand. So maybe, maybe this has been resolved. But I'll just say, like, when they revealed Act of the Harkness, it's like, oh, she's been the villain all along, and it's like, eh, well, I don't know. I think they're saying that, but I feel like she's still answering to someone a little bigger somewhere. Like, there's something else happening. So you're like, oh, it was Agnes the whole time. Okay. No need to worry about who the villain is anymore. And it's like, well, well, well maybe there is. Could we? Could we? Could still, we? Could we still could wonder? We, I think there's still someone else out there. We'll, I don't know who's going to. There's possibilities. Yeah, yeah. 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 So anyway, it's it's been a lot of fun. But I also think that uh, what I'm so what I'm so happy and excited for is that basically Marvel decided to do something just exceptionally weird. With, well, this is OK. So this is what I think has been spectacular about WandaVision and what makes it like this true like diamond not even like diamond in the rough but like okay we talked a little bit earlier about like superhero burnout yeah it was like 23 movies over the course of 10 years that means like two to three movies a year yep uh coming out for the MCU mixed in there was also all the shows that came out on Netflix um mixed in there was like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that was coming out on ABC for a while yep like it did like the MCU has been and like when Iron Man first started like Iron Man the first movie in the MCU when that first came out it was like oh my gosh someone finally figured out superhero movies it's true you know like yep. we had the spy, like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies there for a while and it was like these are awesome everyone likes these Spider-Man 3 sort of tanked but then like Iron Man came out and it just it seemed like oh my gosh we're actually getting good superhero movies that are fun and like sort of like the comics and they figured it out. But 10 years later, there was definitely this sense of like, okay, we get it. Like we've seen so many, like I'm, I, every time we go to the movies is to see another superhero movie and they just punch each other and the good guy wins. Like I get it. Okay. Like, ugh. so it's interesting to me that like we got to end game and it was this amazing finale, but there was the sense of like uh superhero burnout where it was, it was like, do we need more? Yeah. Like, 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 how can we keep making this interesting? And I know, like, like my wife particularly, she's, you know, not big in, like, she likes, super, you know, she'll go to the superhero movies or whatever with me, but where they're fighting and doing all the action, she just, like, tunes out sure. and all that. So what's in, what has been amazing to me about WandaVision is that WandaVision is, like, the first thing that has come out in over a year to the MCU. Yep. Because after Far From Home came out, Nothing came out at all. Like they were slated to have Black Widow come out, to have the Eternals, Eternals come out. Yep. And even on Disney Plus, Falcon of the Winter Soldier was supposed to come out before WandaVision. Right. So WandaVision was like fourth in line to the throne to be the first thing seen in the MCU as part of phase four. And somehow everyone else had of it died. Like because of like 
Like it, it is the first thing now, which yeah. is weird because all of 2020, nothing. And I feel like in a weird way, because WandaVision is so unique and so not like any other superhero movie at all, that WandaVision has somehow like cured superhero burnout. Yes. You know, like we took a year off because of COVID, which maybe helped everyone be like, forget a little about it. Like it was, yeah, you kind of like, not only did you get distracted with some other shiny new toy that was kind of like, hey, how about instead of superheroes, we do this other thing instead and everybody's yeah. like okay let me well, i'm gonna put my attention over there now it was like everything paused yeah and what came out of it yeah was was wandavision and, and immediately and i'm right there it's literally part of what we do like it is good for our business for superhero movies to continue to be remarkably popular yeah and that being said i was discouraged like from going to see more superhero movies not from going like i knew that especially with what we do like i said we would go. Yeah. But I think that there was a part of me. It's like, I don't know what else they could throw at me that would still feel interesting. Right. Like, like what are the stakes going to be or how do you make it compelling? Or like in, in what way do you sort of like rewire the way that you tell a superhero story that it's kind of like, this is different. This is fun. Yeah. And it's some, somehow some way sitcoms through the decades has been the answer. Well, it, yeah. Cause it's been like, it's about two superheroes, but in the least superhero way, like I've ever seen a superhero anything. Right. You right. know, it's like, yes, we're back in the MCU. We all missed it for over a year and we came back and we're like, oh, it's back. And it's, it looks completely different, yeah. but even better somehow. Yeah. You're like, and I don't know, because I think if, you know, if you just gone straight from far from home later that year, you'd walk right into Black Widow. It would have by all, I mean, I have no idea. Maybe Black Widow is going to be amazing. I have a feeling it is going to be amazing. I think it's going to be really good. But by all accounts, just looking at the trailers, it looks very similar. It looks like very standard Marvel fare. Like, it's probably going to be a bit more of like a spy movie, I'm going to guess. Sure. Just based on, you know, uh, Black Widow's powers or lack their uh, skill set. Yeah. That's what we'll say. There you go. That's perfect. Yeah. But, I, it, you know, by the time you got to WandaVision, if you had already seen all the other things that were supposed to come out, I think WandaVision would have felt like it was like very... Like one of these things is not like the other, but the fact that it came out first is really setting up just like it's like they're allowed to experiment with more stuff. Like, whereas if it had come out later and you just like continued down the line of like beat em up, this is how Marvel movies go. Then when you saw that one, it would have felt very experimental. Yeah. And you'd been like, mm, not for me. But now that it's been a full year and you're walking right into WandaVision and you're like, this is all and it and because it's so popular, it feels like there's this like license now. Like you can try, you can try lots of stuff. Yes. Who's to say? Who yes. knows? Uh, well, and I, I, there, it's funny too, because it, it even I think it proves a little bit of just like how human even the people making these movies are a little bit too. But like uh, a lot of people said that, you know, Thor Ragnarok never happens without Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. You know, James Gunn comes in, does this really wacky, weird, you know, 80s music. Yeah. Comedy, effectively. Right, yeah. Space dramedy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. right. And then because of that, you get Taika Waititi, who's able to then go and do Thor Ragnarok and just make it flat out ridiculous. Right. But it's amazing. Yeah. And it's got, you know, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> so, there you go. Bravo, WandaVision. Bravo, WandaVision. Curing superhero burnout. That's that's my hope. That's, that's my, my hope. hope. I think the real test, the real test is going to be how does Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because... I would say that in the same way that Black Widow does look like your typical 
you know, yeah, Winter Soldier style movie, pe- black SUVs that get exploded. And yeah. People fighting in streets and stuff, jumping out of airplanes. That's exactly what Falcon and the Winter Soldier looks like. It looks like exactly standard fare. Good guys beating up bad guys, explosions, punches. Yeah. It looks like it, that's exactly what I'm expecting from that show. Yes. I think what's going to be curious, though, is that because like if there was an intended watch order, you know, like people argue about this about Star Wars all the time. Like, what order should I watch them in? Right. You know, and people like my answer to this day, if you're wondering now, like it's switched around, but release order at this point yeah, for Star Wars. That's fine. So the question is, like with Marvel, were did they have an intended watch order? Like, would would things in WandaVision have made more or less sense if you, if had, you had seen, seen Black Widow or if you'd seen Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Or now that you've seen WandaVision, will things in like, I don't know, like, does the, or, like, I don't know, you, do you know what I'm saying? I do. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Like, like what, it, if you had seen those things first, surely certain elements of WandaVision would have made a little bit more sense because you would know something about the sentiment pre-established by those right. things. Like, I have no idea, but imagine Falcon and the Winter Soldier ends and in the post credit scene everyone gets hit with a red wall of energy and you're like, what was that? Right. You know, then as you're watching WandaVision, you know that like, oh yeah, that hex is getting big. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Right. right, right. And you know, who's to say, I have no idea if that'll happen. Falcon, but you'd have left, you'd have left that season wondering like, what was that? What was that red wall? Right. I have no idea. Yeah. 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 Interesting red wall. But as soon as WandaVision started, you'd be like, I know exactly where this is going. Right. That it's going to grow huge. So who's to say, who's to you say? know, I yeah. have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So let me tangent oh, oh, slightly away from MCU, but still Marvel. Okay. Okay. So I have something that I, I'm, I've, we've talked about this a lot here lately where I'm trying to like reduce the amount of noise that I have in my life by way of like objects and things, Yeah. which is why, you know, obvious like one cup life, one Fred cup, the, Fred, the cup, right, right there available now at patreon.com slash popcorn culture. That's the one if you sign up for a annual quarterly exclusive item yeah team jazzy or jay or buzzy or b eh, well mm, jazzy yeah. or jay yeah no okay anyway so at my house i have been going through and i i've been doing tons of clean out it's almost like i'm like getting ready to move where i've got piles of like throw this stuff away donate this stuff to like you know goodwill uh sell these objects keep these objects or like you know whatever the case may be and as i've been going through and and doing this project and culling my possessions um i stumbled across these they are captain america shield like barbell plates they're like like so for like weightlifting right so like the the plates you put on the side of the the bar if you're gonna bench press you put weights on the side yep those weights are these big 45 pound plates those look like Captain America shields. They look like Captain America shields. Yeah, sounds so awesome. They're, they're incredibly cool, right? And I remember seeing them pop up like several years ago and being like, "What? No way! Like that's amazingly cool. I love that someone thought to do that." And I like hemmed and hawed and like stepped on like one foot than the other. Like I, I could not decide as like whether or not to purchase them for the longest, longest time. And then I think that I got like a, like a gift card or something something happened and i was finally like okay i'm gonna buy them i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it and like all home gym equipment uh basically it arrived and i thought that it was incredibly cool and used it a handful of times and then promptly put it in the corner of my basement and pretty much never touched them again oh classic story classic story classic story 
So anyway, as I'm going through and I'm like, you know, moving everything around, I'm like, actually, I have a a container that I keep uh, like our our dog food in. It's like a it's like a food grade trash can. Okay, And it sits on top of the plates in my basement. And I I like went to like empty my dog food the other day and I like picked it up and I was like, oh, yeah, the plates. I was like, (laughs) I can I I bet I could sell these because like it's actually one of those one of those items that happen to uh, become rather scarce as a result of quarantine is any or all weightlifting equipment because pretty much all gyms shut down and then promptly everyone bought all available home gym stuff, home gym stuff. Right. And weights are even pre-quarantine were a kind of a unique item in that based on their functionality, they just never lose value. Right. It's like the point of this is that it weighs 45 pounds. And even if you've used it extensively and dropped it and it's got scratches, the fact is, it still weighs 45 pounds and will, like, th- th- that's it, the whole point of it. It will still serve it your will, purpose exactly. as well as it did the if, day that, yeah, that yeah, you bought it. They lose zero value over time because the point of them is to be heavy and that's all they do. That's all they do. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, so I've got these plates and I'm sort of like, I'm I'm scouring around and I'm, I, I like list things on like Facebook Marketplace and, you know, whatever, just to find a way to effectively like yard sale them online. Okay. And so I'm like pulling up the marketplace, like listing thing to, to list these. And I'm like, I don't even know what a fair price is for them. Like I mostly, I just kind of want to like move them so that I can, you know, get them out of my house. And, you know, cause it, basically the big thing for me was like, if I'm not using it, then I don't need it is, is like the, right. Is like the rule. And so even though I really like them and think they're really cool, right. it's kind of like, I don't need these. And so that's you're going very like Marie Kondo over there a like, little bit. Like, does this, does this spark joy for me right now? Like I, I acknowledge it did spark me joy, but at the moment I don't need it at the moment. I don't need I'm it. I'm not and, going to use it. And I have other heavy things. Right. So I'm, I'm well, I'm well like covered in that category. So I'm like, okay, let me, let me try to like find some prices. So I can't find anybody else who's selling them on Facebook marketplace. And I'm like, well, that's not that odd. They're like sort of. They're, they're unusual anyway. Yeah. Uh, because they're these like Captain America plates. And so then I, I like hop on over to eBay and I just like punch it in. I'm like, let's see if anybody's just selling them on here. Sure enough, they are. And they're selling like a single two pair of, of like just like two plates, two 45 pound plates. Okay. Is listed for like $3,000. $3,000. How much did you buy them for? I bought the whole set for like $550. What? what okay. So. So you've got like discovered rare weightlifting materials. Apparently. That is amazing. Amazing. Right. And so, and I think what's, what's happened, and this is like, this is me speaking purely off the cuffs here is that they were sort of these like rather specialty pieces of equipment. And the company that sells them is a brand called on it. O N N I T. And they've done like lots of cool stuff. And they're stuff. on it. They are on it. Right. They've done lots of cool stuff. Like we actually have here in our office, like Star Wars kettlebells where like they're one shaped like Boba Fett, one shaped like a stormtrooper and one shaped like Darth Vader. I think for our younger brother for Christmas one year, I gave him like an Iron Man kettlebell. Mm-hmm. They've, they've got like the Han Solo and Carbonite yoga mat. Right. So they got like pop culture novelty weightlifting stuff. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think what happened was is like with, with quarantine, everything's shutting down, you know, like factories probably going like a bit more into overload, trying to like make stuff. And my guess is that they just were like, we don't need to make novelty anything like that's taking too much time, energy, work, whatever. Make efficient, basic plates. You right. know, like, you know, if, if people need plates, let's not put our energy into making these 
cool themed sparkly ones. Let's just make plates. Right. Because that's people need them. That's what people need. Right. Um, health is important. And so I think what happened is, I mean, they're just not available for purchase anymore. And so now sort of rather unexpectedly, it's like I've got these like rare trading cards that weigh, you know, 210 pounds collectively. Oh, man. Um, and, and so like, I don't know, I'm like, I don't know what to do with it because there's, there's also this like weird thing that happens with all collectibles, which is that like, if you go online and you're like, I have that Beanie Baby bear collection, I'm going to go see how much the princess Diana bear sells for these days on eBay. Right. I guarantee someone's listed it for $12,000. Oh, right, right. Like that. This has just been sitting in my closet for 20 years. I don't know if it's actually worth this much, but if I list it here, it's not hurting me. And if someone buys it, I just made $20,000. Right. Or or even if you're just like in the collector's game in general, it probably doesn't hurt you to list a bunch of things in that category that right. are known to have a little bit of value to just be like, yeah, list them for like 12 grand. Nobody ever buys them, but you want to know what it does? It raises the value of everything else. Right, right, right. Like, oh, maybe, maybe you list it once at 20,000 and people are like, Oh my gosh, is that what it's worth? And then you see it listed for like a thousand and you're like, well, this is a screaming deal. Exactly. When like in reality, maybe it's worth like $18, right. <laughs> you know? And then you're like, yes, yeah, so you go for it. So anyway, I mean, I could very well just be in that position and that's right. if, someone's just inflating the value of their plates to 3000. Right. Like okay. someone, someone's got them mm. and, and I, I collect, well, collects the wrong word. Cause I wear them. Um, I like rare sneakers. Okay. So I like will try to track down certain ones and I have paid premium prices for a small handful of like the sneakers that I've purchased before, uh, actually including my, my current Mickey Mouse fans that I'm wearing today. But with, with the full knowledge that like I probably paid twice as much as what they would have cost if I had just bought them the day they were available in the store. Boy, not as easy as you'd think though, because we've tried to buy like one-off specialty vans before. Or yeah. I think when uh, Toy Story came out, they had a bunch of new shoes that dropped and we were ready on the day and we still missed some. We did. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah, absolutely. But we still got some other ones. We did get it. We got some. We got some. Yeah. 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 Got some. Um, great Buzz Lightyear shoes. So anyway, I've, I, I was going through, I was like tormented last night though. So I've got, I was going to list my first pair of plates on eBay and I'm like, well, now I have no idea. Like, and now that I've seen that like 3000 number in my head, I'm like, well, I wouldn't let them go for less than 750. <laughs> you know, but, like, but like in my head before I would have been perfectly happy to get like 300 bucks for my entire set being like, you know what? I got some enjoyment out of these. I'm happy to pass them on to something else. But now, now it's immediately like, I'm like, uh, like I'm like, uh, um, an aficionado. And right. It's like, it's like, oh yeah, I've got these, uh, I've got these rare plates. That I was previously keeping underneath my dog food. That's right. Enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah. So and now I'm, I don't. Know, it's so interesting for me. So I, I listed them on eBay last night. I think I started the the bid at like three twenty five for just two of my plates. So oh. instead of the whole set, whole so, set. Yeah. And I got offers overnight on them. Like immediately. I know. I know. As this episode goes up, they're actually still available on eBay. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe, oh, I see what maybe, you're doing. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So if you want to go and like, you want to go and check check them out. You know, see how many people are like watching. But I'm so excited to like watch this unfold because I'm like, is this one of those moments where I've like somehow found something that I bought that ended up being rare? Everyone, like, everyone dreams of this. I know it's that, the like, dream. Some yeah, I know. Oh man, it does feel like you're getting to like live out a dream where like. Everyone secretly hopes that some long lost toy in their basement is actually somehow 
through the decades has remained in mint condition and turns out it was super rare and it turns out someone's going to pay big money for it. Exactly. Like this is, this is, and so it's very interesting that you have stumbled into this like short, short term turnaround on a collectible weightlifting item. I know. Yeah. I know. This is so weird about weightlifting stuff too, is that certain, like the, because almost everything about it is just be heavy. Yep. That all of the function is still there. Yeah. So they're used, but that almost doesn't matter. Cause like, I can't imagine people buying weightlifting plates solely for the collectability of it. I would be surprised if that was the case. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would be super surprised. And, and that's, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, like they are themed for sure, but the, I mean, otherwise they are also just like professional grade plates. Right. So yeah, they're, they're extreme high quality. Mm, interesting. I know. Well, I know. I am very curious to know how this unfolds for you. I am too. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll be sure to include updates as okay. we go. And, uh, th- this evening, my game plan is to list my, my 25 pound pair and my 45 pound pair. So, so who, boy, the, who knows what's going to happen? Sky is the limit. Gates are open. <laughs> Gates are open. Ben, okay, this is not related to Marvel. It's just related to Facebook. Okay. But let me tell you a complaint. Can I can I register a complaint with you about Facebook? Oh, most certainly. I'll call okay. all my friends over there and be oh, like, yeah. hello, friends at Facebook. Yeah. Okay. My brother has words. Yeah. <laughs> the only, I will say, the only, uh, I don't really use Facebook almost at all anymore. Sure. You know, I I did buy my mountain bike off there through the marketplace, which was very handy. Nice. And I, you know, had similarly had to go drive, meet a guy in a parking lot and get a bike. And it was, it was great. Yeah. Um, used it a lot. That's been good functionality. But what I really, and I don't mind like having a Facebook page and stuff because sometimes it's nice to be able to go like check like, oh, what's this person up to? Whatever. Right. But I don't, I don't remember the last time I've posted something like publicly to my profile or even changed my picture. Yeah. You know, like I have had more children and I have still not changed my profile picture. Okay. You know, that, that's where I'm at with Facebook. Mostly I use it to log into the Super Carlin Brothers page. Kind of of a soft flex there. Yeah. And (laughs) I I don't overshare my, my children pics. <laughs> I mean, if you go to like my Instagram or something, I certainly put pictures on there. Follow me on Instagram, but um, <laughs> mostly it's just like I, I feel like I need to have a Facebook for like what we do and uh, to be able to access like the Super Carlin Brothers page and stuff like that. Sure. But in the meantime, something I've wanted to do is just like clean up my Facebook profile a little. Like maybe I don't love as a 33 year old person these albums. I have posted from like beach week or something, yes, you know, like when I, I was in that. high school yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, I just want to get rid of these. I want to take this down. However, just because I don't want those pictures posted like publicly attached to my profile doesn't mean I don't want to still have access to the pictures. Okay. You know what I mean? But what's happened is that since I first got a Facebook account, I've had you know, several laptops and or computers, not that, you know, every picture I've ever had has not made its way from one to the next. Okay. In a way. Yep. So I will have like pictures from albums like 10 years ago that I still want. I still want to at least be a, have the option to revisit. Okay. Should I want to without them existing on my profile page? What is a man to do? How do you, how would you go about solving this problem? Okay. Okay. I think, I mean, can you not just like privatize an entire album? Is that not just like a... a I don't know if you can just like hit private on an entire album. That might be one way. What I want to do is to be able to click download 
album. Oh, and then yeah. delete the album. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that I mean that makes the most sense. Yeah, would be to download the album and then be able to just like remove everything from there. Yes, but I suppose if your Facebook that is like, like not what they would hope you would do with that. Well, this is exactly what I think is happening. Is that like this is such an obvious feature to be to be able to just be like, yes, I would like to download. Like you can download individual pictures from okay. your Facebook page. Like you can go through your download. Want this one? Got it for whatever purpose. But there is no point. There is no functionality inside of Facebook right now, which allows you to just download and ent- your an al- your entire album at your once. photos. Yeah, my yeah. photos, and then just like like you can delete an album, no problem. Like that option's there, but download full album, not there. But and it's like if I wanted to do this, I would have to go through every single picture and download them one at a time. And it is so frustrating because I have looked this up. I was like, I must be crazy. Like. I've been on Facebook forever. Certainly I can figure this out. Like I must just be missing the button. And like part of me had this like moment of pride where I was like, I'm not going to look up how to download an album. This has got to be so obvious. Right. Right. Been, like after struggling with that for like a year, I was like, I'm just going to look it up. I'm like, can I download an album? Why can't I figure it out? And she's like, no, it was a feature at one point, but it has been removed. Like they have removed. So to me, the only reason Facebook would take this off is because they know they're holding your pictures hostage. hostage. It's like, like this they is where know, they get to they live. They know. Yeah. They're like, if you know, if people can just take all their photos down, like they will, and then they'll delete their account. Like, but if they can't, they will keep their account open solely so they can continue to have access to the photos. I think that is exactly what is happening. And I am so mad that it is exactly working on me because I just want to get rid of them. I just want, like, I just want. I want to have like a much more nicely curated Facebook page. I, I understand that completely because I know that there are, especially from like my my early college years, just some embarrassing photos. Right. You know, just mm-hmm. some not so great looks. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I've thought about this before, too. Like as I was going through college, I, I feel like I was so drastically underestimating just how abundantly obvious what I was up to like how visible it just plainly was to every member of our extended family who was friends with us, who was friends with me on Facebook being like, yep, he's, yep. We know exactly what he's up to. Look at Ben going to all these parties. Not really What parties. a social being. Not really parties. No, no. Yeah. I, was, yeah, I wasn't invited to very, very many parties. Actually. That doesn't sound right. It's true. That's true. That's why I would like to throw parties. It's the easiest way to avoid not being invited to parties <laughs> is to have your own. <laughs> I, feel like that is like a preemptive strike because i don't feel like you would have had trouble finding parties to go to maybe 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 but i don't know but but i didn't i didn't it's honest truth i really it was it was like not a thing Mm -hmm. um but that being said i actually think your point that you bring up is extremely interesting because i think that throughout the years i remember i got my first digital camera when i was in seventh grade uh and it was a Minolta 2.3 megapixels. Wow. 2.3. 2.3. I wow. know. Yeah, it had a, had a two inch screen on the back. It was amazing. Impressive. I know. I know. The, the like, I, I guess what's really interesting to me about this is that once digital cameras kind of became like the norm and then obviously now it's not even digital cameras. Everybody just has their phone. Right. Is my, my photos are not stored like anywhere so you're exactly right like every single time i've like gone from the desktop pc that i bought as a high school student 
uh, to my laptop that they gave me in high school, which had photos on it, to my first college laptop, which just eventually, I think, disintegrated and is now a pile of just smoldering ash somewhere, smoldering ash, quite literally to, you know, like my first iMac, my fourth iMac, like, you know, I have I have put and stored pictures on each of these computers respectively throughout the years and then been terrible about removing them and putting them in some central place in every single interim. So I have just like lost tons of photos 15 years worth of photos but yeah because like uh, nowadays almost anything you take a picture of is like oh yeah it just saved your itunes account it goes into the cloud sure whatever sure, sure, and sure. When you buy a new phone you turn it on you plug in your account information boom all the photos you took are still right there still right there which is yeah. amazing and, and it's very nice because it means that you know i can i can scroll back and, and relive things and you know just like kind of have those like fun memories but i've thought about this because our dad growing up was fantastic about having yearly photo albums where he would go and he would have photos printed and you know they're like neatly labeled and they're still in the basement to this day where you can see like 1990 1991 1992 and you know you just have the full years worth of photos all lined up and they're all always there right you know and it's like all my high school photos that i had taken you know thousands of photos across like multiple digital cameras and and my first cell phones and stuff they're just gone just gone like i will never see them again right and that is like devastating to me. Mm. It's like there's all these things that I'll just like I'll never be able to like show anyone. Well, you just have to tell them about it here on the pop, then I guess. I guess so. I'll yep. have to I'll have to work my brain real do hard to to do me a remembery. Paint people some word pictures. Some word pictures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's I, I am excited about that. I feel like because we're doing the pop, there's a part of me that's like 20 years from now, I'm going to be able to like come back and like listen to what I was thinking. Yeah. When here I was, like, are 30. like WandaVision hot takes. Exactly. <laughs> like, remember when that was a thing? <laughs> remember when WandaVision was changing the scene of the MCU? Right. And now there's an entire sitcom that just like was inspired by WandaVision. It's right. already come and gone. Who knows? 12 seasons. Wow. Very impressive. Impressive. What yeah. a run. What a run. <laughs> what a run. Actually, no. Okay. We're, we're slightly long, but there's one last thing I want to touch on. Because it was just about exactly one year ago, uh, and maybe we can cover this in next week's episode as well, we made predictions, I think on the March 7th episode of 2020, okay. oh. where, we were, where we were like, what is life going to be like one year from now? And oh. I feel like what us on March 7th, 2020 did not realize is just how much the world was about to change. Oh yeah, because that would have been, I mean, we would have known about, I think what we were calling coronavirus. Right. More commonly than besides COVID. Uh, we would have known about it, but I don't think we were in like full quarantine mode just yet. We were like right, right almost the, there. Right on the cusp. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for, for today, what do you think is going to be happening one year from now? One year from now, I... Okay, okay. I think we will either be hosting or have just said goodbye to... One Seamus Gorman in office again. What? Yeah, there you go. Love it. There Love it. Great prediction. Yep. Great prediction alert. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one because exactly one year ago, I think he was here. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think this is like the eve of him leaving or something. Right, right, right. Or getting yeah. close. Okay. Okay. Or no, I okay. think he was here. Maybe not leaving yet. Hmm. Interesting. We'll see. We'll see. Welcome we'll back, Seamus. Welcome back. Hey, do you, okay. Here's my big question is, do, I wonder, and I don't even know if we'd be able to like reveal it. But I wonder if by then we will have had, if we, we will be involved in any way, shape, or form in some type of production beyond Super Carlin Brothers, like being asked to help. 
Oh, interesting. Collab <laughs> on on something like a, a television series. Guess we'll see. Guess we'll see. I'd like to think. That'd be exciting. Five-year plan. Five-year five year plan. plan. Yeah, within okay. five years. That could happen in five years. I'm curious to see what we said last time. Me too. Me okay. too. Maybe, maybe I said the exact same thing. Maybe. Classic Ben. <laughs> Classic Ben. Anyway, guys, thank you so much, as always, for tuning into this week's episode of The Pop. We super appreciate it. It has been so much fun getting to chat with everybody. Oh, yeah. Lots of WandaVision talk. Lots of WandaVision talk. I'm excited. I'm sure that as we speak right now, We'll, we will be discussing this week's episode. I'm sure, because like we talked about WandaVision, and this is coming out on Friday, and as will the next episode. So here's the, maybe everything we said just aged really badly over the last hour. That's a good point. It's a good yeah. point. It's a good point. So uh, for feedback purposes, if you guys want to leave a comment on this video, if you'd like to leave a review on the podcast, uh, if you have any other thoughts, you can bring them to our Reddit page, uh, which is just popcorn culture. Yep. R slash popcorn culture. R slash popcorn culture. Or you can email us your thoughts to popcornculturepod at gmail.com. And finally, if you'd like to support us over on Patreon, we have a couple of different available tiers there. There that help us determine who the one true host is every single week. Indeed. Uh, so you can check that out at patreon.com slash popcorn culture. But otherwise, until next week, pop pop! Pop pop!